Greetings, claim professionals. This is Kevin Quinley, and this is the weekly podcast of The Claims Coach. This is the podcast that delivers tools, tips, and techniques to help great claim and risk professionals get even better at managing their caseload, their time, their resources, and their careers. This week's topic is you might need a claims audit F. I think it was comedian Jeff Foxworthy who used to, or maybe still does have, a routine. You might be a redneck F, and then he proceeds to list various qualities, possessions, attributes. There are variations on a theme. My perspective this week is going to be from the standpoint of buyers of claim service, risk managers, self-insureds, etc., who either retain the services of a TPA or have their claims handled by an insurance company claim department. But the question really is, when do you know that you need a claims audit? You might need a claims audit F. Now, no hard and fast rules exist, but I submit that there are different indicators that might signal, like a red flag, a need for a claims audit. So what are some of these red flags? Well, one might be recent turnover in an accounts adjuster personnel. Or it's been over a year since the last audit. Or there's been an uptick in complaints about the claims process or problems in claims handling. Or you're a client thinking about getting bids from a competitor claims service or another insurance carrier, but you're not sure whether that gesture is warranted. Or you want to send a signal to either the TPA, the adjusting company, the insurance carrier, that you're not happy with their service. Or you're planning to pull the account from your current carrier TPA, claim service provider, what have you, and you want to document the reasons why. Or maybe your reinsurer or your excess carrier wants to assure itself, themselves, that the claims are being handled in a thorough, competent, and professional manner because they have financial skin in the game as well. Or another red flag could be turnover in the client organization, in your own organization. For example, the incumbent risk manager is about to retire or leaves, and management wants some benchmark comparison of claim service. Or there could be a merger and acquisition on the part of the client organization, preceded by a claims audit. Whenever there's a, a merger or an acquisition, uh, the acquiring company is going to want to look close at the liabilities that it's buying and as part of the due diligence process leading up to an acquisition or a merger a claims audit is an appropriate if not necessary step so those are some of the red flags or indicators that might propel motivate a client to institute and request a claims audit. Now, audits can be anticipatory or preventive. 
they can spot claim problems before they get to be bigger claim problems. And the proactive approach is ideal. It's like taking your car in for an oil change and tune-up, even though it's working fine. You want to keep it working fine. And the aim is to prevent problems before they crop up. As they say, the time to fix your roof and work on your roof is when the sun is shining. Okay, Dig your well before you're thirsty. Prevention is always cheaper than cure or repair. So what's true in car maintenance or home roof maintenance is also true of top-flight claim programs. Consider an audit the functional equivalent of your car's periodic lube job and tune-up without the upselling that goes on at some of these franchises, whose names I will not repeat. But let's face it, in reality, a lot of claim audits are reactive and event-driven. Usually, that event is a problem of one sort or another. A claims audit typically doesn't happen because everybody's real happy with the claim service, let's face it. That can certainly be the case. But audits aren't usually done because the risk manager or the client is happy with the status quo. Again, there are exceptions. But claim audits are not like the audits that accountants and CPAs conduct. There are, there are a lot of differences. Some people have compared the two. I disagree. For example, publicly held companies have to have audited financial statements per SEC regs. Even privately held companies feel a need to produce audited financial statements. There are very strong requirements and pressures for businesses to have CPA audits. There's no comparable requirement with regard to auditing your claims program. It's usually entirely discretionary on the part of the client, the excess carrier, the reinsurer. Second difference is that accounting audits are heavily quantitative in nature. CPAs do a lot of number crunching to bless a business's balance sheet, income statement, past certain ratios, generally to earn the auditor's coveted two or three paragraphs in the annual report. While claim claim audits involve some qualitative analyses, they're not nearly as number-oriented as financial audits. A lot, of, a lot of judgment calls, subjective calls, evaluations with regard to staffing, the experience level of the adjusters, uh, adequacy of caseload size, supervisory span of control, oversight by supervisors, procedures, things of that nature. So there's some number crunching, but a lot of the audit is also qualitative. A third difference is that accounting standards allow for judgment, but there are at least general pronouncements as to what constitutes generally accepted accounting principles. The accounting profession has the Financial Accounting Standards Board to provide guidelines as to what constitutes GAAP, generally accepted accounting principles. There's probably no comparable body defining generally accepted adjusting principles. There are such principles that probably apply to good faith, bad faith, like the NAIC Model Act, etc. But claim auditors really can't look to any quasi-authoritative body for what constitutes acceptable practice in all realms of claims adjusting. 
this, this has to evolve gradually through custom and practice within the insurance and claim industry and the auditor's expertise. Fourth, public companies have to be audited by public accountants to follow a rigorous and recognized course of study and examination to wear that title. You become a financial auditor the Smith-Barney way. That is, you earn it. There's no such requirement to be a claims auditor. Okay, Anybody can call themselves a claims auditor. That's not to suggest that anyone can be a good one just by calling themselves one or that the business is filled with charlatans. But the process for becoming qualified as a claims auditor is not recognized like the process for becoming a CPA. One final word on the phrase audit. You know, the word audit itself has a punitive, somewhat pejorative connotation that's negative. If, if you want to do an audit, if you're a client and you want to do an audit, tell the TPA, tell the claim unit that you want to do a claim review, okay? Others call it a statistical claim analysis. This sounds more benign and less adversarial than audit, but I think careful word choice will help dissolve resistance and foster a lot more cooperation. It's less threatening. So those are some red flag signs. You might need an audit F and some differences between an insurance claim audit and the way we think of audit in an accounting context. Hey, if you like the content here, please subscribe to the Claims Coach podcast on iTunes. It's available on iTunes and leave a review. For more information on my services, please visit me on the web at www.claimscoach.com or connect with me on Twitter at ClaimsCoach, that's one word, ClaimsCoach, or through LinkedIn. I'm also, Quinley Risk Associates is on Facebook. So thanks for listening and check back for future claim and risk management podcasts from Quinley Risk Associates.